There it is. There it is. It's happy. Excellent. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Yay. Yay, recording in advance. I hear our executive producer. Yes. <laughs> Does he have things to include as well today? Um, not really. No. No. He's not he has nothing to include in this conversation. Um, no, he's jumping on the couch. Oh, he's jumping on the couch. Okay, that's yep. fair. <laughs> that's fair. Our yep. executive producer is a two year old. Yes. <laughs> Quality control. <laughs> he's very opinionated about things with podcasts. He is. Sometimes he interjects, so or tries to unplug Yes. That's very comical. I can imagine. Yeah. Who who are we anyway? I'm Ash. I'm Al. And we are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You have probably heard another voice in the background. We have a guest with us today. Um, hello, guest. Hello, guest. Hello. 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 Um, so we have Ijin from Cosplay in America. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> So we're from forever ago, so we're very familiar with your first book. But do you want to tell us a little bit about Cosplay in America? Cosplay in America started, wow, it started almost 14 years ago. Um, I actually didn't expect to be doing this for this long. It started as a crazy idea I had where I would travel around the country and photograph cosplayers and make a book only because I really didn't see books out there about cosplay. I mean, this was 2009, you know, um, had a bunch of empty credit cards, ran them up, <laughs> <laughs> probably stuff that I probably should have done. But, you know, it was a chance to kind of go and explore the country and poker cosplayers. And I kind of been doing it ever since. Well, and now your project has evolved into multiple areas, website, book, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because um it so it started as photographs because i was a photographer but it's slowly shifted to stories and now i'm digging more into more historical stories stories of ye old age you know i don't know the early years i'm not exactly sure how i'm going with this but then again i didn't know what i was doing with the first book either so uh <laughs> get me on the show in 10 years and we'll talk about it again that sounds like a good plan Right, because that's kind of what you're doing with your new project. Is it's like a ten years later sort of concept? Uh, yeah, I actually shot that back in 2018 for 2020, but then, as you know, 2020 did its thing, and yeah. so for a few years, that book just sat on the hard drive, and I was just like, you know what, it's time to get us get out there, and it's it's basically. Me going back out, re-photographing as many people as I could find from the first book and then interviewing them about how their life has been uh, impacted by cosplay over the decade. That was kind of another crazy run around the country again. So uh, you didn't learn the first time. Got it. Uh, obviously not. You know, I'm still doing this. I'll be doing this probably for the rest of my life. I mean, I just think that's really cool that you were able to find people from the original book and yeah. that they were still doing this because... There's not that yeah. many of us that have hit the 20 plus year mark, let alone the 10. You know, the 10, there's a few more. We're in the 20. Um, but I think that's really cool that you found people from the first book. It was kind of hard because 
you know, some of the email email addresses were like XXX, you know, organize, organization 13XX, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so uh, a lot of people I couldn't even reach. Some people were in Japan and I can't fly to Japan to shoot them, you know, so, but uh, I got about 50 of them. So I think that's a pretty good number. That's a that's great number. Great number. Yeah, yeah. Most of us don't have our like AOL email anymore, <laughs> you know? Yes. I, mean, I guess at that point it probably would have been more like Yahoo or Hotmail than AOL in the I think my first 2009. Was at go.com. Go.com? Yes, they were affiliated with Disney. Ah. Uh, I, I, I had Juno. Okay. Oh, you guys okay. remember, yep. remember Juno.com? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're uh, going to talk about all the days of the internet stuff today. Because <laughs> today we get to talk about all the old things. Because, as we've mentioned before on the show, Ash and I have been doing this for, gosh, we're almost at the 25-year mark. It's getting closer. Yeah. Because we started in, like, 1999. So we're very, very close to our 25 years of cosplay. Which we we have a little treat for you, Ejid, that we found in our archives. Um, We found some old photos from 2000 to 2006. (laughs) (laughs) nice yes so we thought we would i would pull up for you (laughs) because they're super entertaining they're super entertaining um so for obviously we are an audio podcast so when i do the post i'll put these out there so you all can see them but um i just there's so running commentary too um yes we will run some running commentary on these this first one is (laughs) from like 1999 what was this uh, probably Anime Central. Um, mine okay. was from Anime Central 2001. Yours, but mine was 20, probably 2000 or 2001. Yeah, most likely. Wow. Um, Which, where was Anime Central at? Time? Arlington Heights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still up by Chicago, but it was in Arlington Heights. It was before yep. it moved to Rosemont. So it was like a hotel con, basically? Yeah, yes. It was yep. just a hotel con. It wasn't very big um, back in the day. There was a wedding going on at the same time. That's right. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's always there's always a prom or a wedding during Anime Central, though. Yes. That's just a thing. Well, now they're yes, next to like, the convention center and other hotels with convention centers, so that's not as weird. But when we're in this one hotel and like half of it was for the wedding and the other half was for the con and it was under construction, <laughs> everyone's like, what's going on? <laughs> yes. It was, it was a time... But apparently, still back then, I was cosplaying from anime that no one's heard of because I thought Ruin Explorers was a great choice <laughs> for a costume. I think it's a great choice because I think you should stick with one that's something that you are really interested in, right? you know, because somebody out there knows this and will love you for it. And that, that's the best part when we do our old stuff now is like the few people that catch it they get so excited about it they get so excited yeah yeah and of course ash is in a sailor moon costume because because why why wouldn't she be sailor jupiter though not sailor moon you have to be what like 13 or 14 in this photo max um let's see (laughs) do math yeah (laughs) that's 14 picture i think i'm probably 14 or 15. 
I'd be a little bit, I'm a little bit older than you, so probably 15. Well, and I was only Jupiter because, you know, wigs weren't a thing, so. Well, I... that yeah, I also don't have a wig in this photo because <laughs> wigs weren't a thing, although you're going to see some really wonderful wigs in some of these other yep. um, pictures. But then we have. Okay, I'm. Uh, Welcome to Lotus Island. Yes, Welcome to Lotus Island. <laughs> Okay, I love really that they got the picture of you guys all doing the clap. There. So how did you guys? How did you guys find out about Anime Central? I mean, was there there was internet around? But yes, the internet. Yeah, really... The internet. I mean, it's only in Chicago, which is only about three hours from us. So yeah, it's not super far. Three hours is three hours. Yeah. Especially yeah. since you, you guys were teenagers. Um, my entire we... family went. <laughs> oh wow! My, nice. So my. Like three of the five kids were like super between my my family and my step family were super into anime and video games. So it was a family affair. And I think it was oh. our, our parents and like four of us all ended up going to the con that first year. So that's great. Yeah. I got to skip okay. a day of school for it. I love okay. that we got to skip a day of school for con. It was the best day because <laughs> my parents also would let me do that once a year for Anime Central. Yeah. You guys have cool parents. Mm-hmm. I don't think my I don't think my parents would do that. <laughs> I think we found out about Anime Central from Anime Iowa, though. I'm not sure. I think I did. I think that's how I found out it existed. So I, that was your first con. I think I went to I went to Anime Iowa first, and then I went to Anime Central. So. I went to Anime Central, and then I went to Anime Iowa. So. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, the record uh, the record of Lotus War Group is from Anime Iowa. Oh, one thousand one, because we yep. won best in show. Yes, <laughs> oh, I was nice. the audience. I remember you were in the audience. I was. That's right. That's before we knew each other. Yes. <laughs> How does it feel when you look back at these of uh, older photographs of yourselves? Like, what? What do you? What goes through your your head? I, I just remember like, how like simple and fun it all was back then yes we were such big we were so naive (laughs) it's it's so much more cosplay is so much more complex now than it was Mm -hmm. 20 years ago it literally was just there were no nobody did this as a job there was no social media there were no you you didn't do professional photo shoots there wasn't there wasn't even craftsmanship judging in the early 2000s like you literally just got dressed up to run around a hotel with your friends. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's that, that was the whole point. Was literally how many costumes could you wear in a weekend because there was only a lot got of two that. cons a year, and you ran around a hotel with your friends. It was a simpler time. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we could go back to that. So we have we have Ashley shopping. Yeah. This photo feels wow. so old. The shopping photo. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the yeah, color random tone candid to it. of me. Random candid. Well, it probably doesn't help that it's like a cell phone photo of a photo that I had like sitting on my kitchen table. I mean, mine are also like three by fives. <laughs> well, some of mine I think are actually the digital camera photos because, like this, the one this Vampire Hunter D one I think is actually one of the digital camera photos from like 2003 ish. I think yep. is when we did that one forever ago. It's very old. Vampire Hunter D. I remember that anime. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, so Bianca. They, the, these were kind of, like, all not popular ones. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum Crisis. Anyways. Oh, yes. Bubblegum yeah. Crisis. 80 Police. Bad Out So One. City Hunter. 
I remember yeah. watching Bubblegum Crisis in a video room anime Iowa. You know, I think I also watched Bubblegum Crisis in a room in anime Iowa. I mean, we had the classics of Evangelion as well. Have to have your classics, right? Yeah. So we used to we used to run with a very large group of people that was from all over the country that would discuss projects via Yahoo groups. Yahoo clubs. <laughs> Yahoo clubs. Yes. And we would design these projects and then we would meet at Anime Central and we would do them. Yes. <laughs> yep. So we had oh, people so from literally like all over the country that yeah. would do these like skits. And this is back when you had to do your skits live. Yep. Like no, with a no recorded audio and everything. Yep. There was no audio. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I got what you mean. Yeah, so it was just <laughs> chaotic which is how we did it with this bunch um yeah the entire cast of vampire hunter d bloodlust one one anime central long long ago we had 21 people on stage they swiftly (laughs) changed the rules so you could no longer have 21 people yeah you're not allowed to do that anymore this photo always entertains me to look at this and go like these are costumes from like forever ago before people had access to things yep Mm -hmm. and we still made it work you know Mm -hmm. but this is our. It's a good we just time. we just thought they were entertaining. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a convention called uh, Otaku Con. Yes. Which I don't think it's actually started yet. Oh, I, oh, really I might be thinking of Otaku Thon. Might be what I'm thinking. Oh, of. the one in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. No, this one is a uh, Otaku, like old, like I'm old. Taku. Oh, okay. It's play on words. Hmm. <laughs> so I, I, for years, I was like, there should be a kind of like a '90s convention. Like, let's bring back the '90s voice actors, you know, and just get. I mean, it makes sense to me. The, so the one photo that got deleted is a photo of Ash with Scott McNeil. Oh yes. <laughs> We love Scott McNeil. (laughs) It was Scott McNeil and Kirby Moreau for their autograph session, which was in the pavilion tent outside. Yes. I think the day after the wedding. Yes. I mean, you found a bunch of photos when you were cleaning, right? I did. So my parents have been dropping off a lot of stuff that they want to declutter from their house and giving it to me. Um, including a bunch of old photographs and yeah, it was probably like two dozen pictures from AI and ASIN 2021-ish. And it was a it was a nice trip down memory lane. I had to send some copies out to people that are in the photos with me. <laughs> They're like, where did you get these from? <laughs> and you have photo proof <laughs> of Scott McNeil, so hey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 14 year old me loved Scott McNeil. <laughs> Um, we all loved Scott McNeil when we were yes. 14. <laughs> I think I gave him a kiss on the cheek, but there was another lady in line that gave him a marriage proposal, so. Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he politely declined. I mean, so. he was, he was duo Maxwell and he was Piccolo, <gasps> so everybody yes. loved him. Obviously. It's a, it was a good time. Yeah, we were, we were actually fortunate for the fact that we had Anime Iowa and Anime Central because you were lucky if you had a con in your state. And we had like two within reasonable driving distance. <laughs> so how far were they from each other? Um, let's see. Anime Iowa was in Cedar Rapids at the time, so 
Elle, you'd know better than I would. How um, far is Cedar Rapids from Chicago? <laughs> I'm going to guess probably four, because I think you have to come down through Iowa City to go to Chicago from that Cedar Rapids. And I want to say Iowa City is three. Um, and it's hey. like two and a half fish for me and about two and a half, three from you. Because we're Ash and I are about an hour apart. All right. So. Google Maps says three hours and 28 minutes from Rosemont to Cedar Rapids. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that's, that'd be about right. It's about an extra half hour or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. Yeah. A- AI's moved around a lot. It's been in Cedar Rapids. It's been in Iowa City. It's been in Des Moines. Sometimes, uh, multiple times. They've done, like, a little bit yeah. of a circuit. Now they're back in Iowa City, I think, for, like, the third time at the same hotel. That's right. <laughs> they keep going back. They just keep coming back. <laughs> it's it's the preferred hotel of the attendees, so yes. Well, which is which is why again, if you're wanting to take a trip down memory lane, this is the same place they've been having the same convention for eons at this point, <laughs> minus that yeah, like, talk of that little itty bitty stint they went to Des Moines most recently that nobody talks about. We don't yeah. talk about going to Des Moines. Yeah, that's on my list. One of these days. Well, and Asens yeah. has been in the Hyatt for ever. How long have they been there? Gosh, they were in the Hyatt for most of the time we went in the early 2000s. I know when we did Vampire Hunter D, they were in the Hyatt, so at least 2003. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. And the Hyatt hasn't changed a whole lot since then either. (laughs) No, the Hyatt looks exactly the same. It's exactly the same. They've just slowly expanded into other hotels and the entirety of the convention center that's next door. Oh, that's right. So in the beginning, they probably only took a small part of the convention yeah. center. Yeah. Well, I think in the very beginning, it was just the hotel, and then eventually, yeah, yeah it just amoebaed and I don't, fungus. I don't remember it being in the convention center in the early 2000s. Wikipedia yeah. could tell us. Probably yeah. like at least mid, at least mid 2000s, because I remember going um, in a dealer. I think it was just the dealers hall. Yes. So. Yes. Because now they put panels and stuff in. Which they were doing in like 2010, 2011 when I went again after like a chunk of time of not going. Yeah. Um, I, I know for sure the dealer's room was over there in, I think, oh, maybe 05, but for sure it was still in the Hyatt in 04. Mm. Yeah, 05, they moved to a convention center. Well, it actually yeah. says convention center and Hyatt. Okay. So they, were probably, they were probably doing a little bit of each. Yes. Yeah, they did both. Yeah. Yeah, they've pretty much kept just at the, um, or they've pretty much done the entire Hyatt for quite an extended period of time. Um, so they always run programming and stuff there, but then they've slowly taken over the entire convention center <laughs> on top of that. And there's always a, there's always a prom there for. There's always like, prom. Typically, yes. So <laughs> there'll be like prom. one ballroom. Um, well, and then there's a bunch of other hotels like right there too that all have ballrooms. So like the Embassy and the Crown Plaza all have ballrooms too. So you'll have a lot of other people there that are just running around in like formal attire they get a huge kick out of it mm-hmm. it's a good time an adventure yeah i think it'd probably be great for kids these days because they can go to their prom and go to an anime convention right yeah and there's so you many know, kids like, into it nowadays that would probably be like the prom after party would be going to asen or something yeah it looks yeah, like they like, moved where was this when i was a kid right it looks like they moved to the, the Hyatt in 2002. So 2001 oh, okay. was their last year in Arlington Heights. 
They needed more space for all their things that they need to sell in the dealer's room because it used to be the only place you could buy, like, anything. It's right? like on dealer's room once a year. I know. I would always go and buy, like, one DVD box set at, like, every con I went to just by the, like, art on the outside of it. Yes! Like, this is a great plan. Uh, one year I made a mistake and bought one that was, like, it was labeled as, like, 15 plus. Oops. It was... Um, I definitely did not watch that when my mom was in the room because it was kind of smutty. And I was like, oh, oh. this is for 15-year-olds. I don't understand. Oh. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. that happened at Blockbuster all the time because they didn't know what they had. And so you would accidentally rent an anime that probably wasn't appropriate for like right. a 15, 16-year-old. I mean, but it said it right on the cover. And I was like, what 15-year-olds are watching this? What's going on? Yeah. What uh-huh. was the dealer room like back then? Uh, it's a I mean, lot. It's about the same. They yeah, weren't quite as high, so they didn't. Not everybody had like grid wall, and they yeah. didn't go quite as high with everything. So like now you go and some of them have those like three story high t shirt towers. None, yes, none of that yeah. was a thing back then. Um, it, probably mostly fire a, regulations. It was a lot more like DVDs, VHS, books, like a lot of those items. Now there's a lot of like novelty items, but those were like few and far between. They were kind of hard to find. Well, and um, the novelty items back in the day were mostly bootlegs. So yeah. it depended on if the convention that you went to allowed bootlegs or not. And most of them didn't because I'm sure they got I in trouble own, with the, yeah. the companies. I'm sure I own quite a few bootlegs, anime figure, toy things from back in the day. Yeah. You didn't know any better when you were a kid. You just bought whatever was there well and licensed anything was so few and far between um it wasn't a major industry in america yet so you were lucky to get something that was licensed a lot of times you had to get either a bootleg or a pirated copy if you wanted to be able to watch it or read it because it just didn't exist otherwise i definitely had vcds of escaflone yes video cds i love it and of course your dvd player probably didn't play it Probably it, had to watch it, it on the computer. Did it? Wow. It did play it. It did Amazing. play my VCDs from Escaflone, and I think I still have them because they were actually really pretty, and I should frame them or something because they were actually really pretty art on them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, back then, a DVD was like $30, $40 for like three episodes. So. It's like, like gold. But I need to watch all of Escaflone in case I want to <laughs> cosplay from it. So, you know. Well, and then you had to physically sketch out your cosplay references um because of course this was before like screen captures were really big a lot of anime wasn't on the internet streaming or if it was it was terrible quality um you might be lucky and find a scan of a promotional item from another (gasps) country (laughs) so you could have official artwork that way yeah Unless you want to wait for AOL to download a picture, which, yes. you know. Well, and so in 2001, though, BitTorrent came out. Right. That's and right. And bless them. Um, and for those of you who don't know what BitTorrent is, it was a way for um, fan subbers and fan dubbers to, you know, get their pirated wares out. But the concept is you have multiple users all with the same file and... If I go to download the file, I'm downloading from all of them at once instead of just one person. So it goes much quicker, but it still takes forever. Oh, I forever. do remember doing this. Yep. I mean, even back, so when the live action Sailor Moon show came out in 03, 
I actually would download it every weekend because it took about a week for the group that was fan dub or fan subbing it to get the subtitles done. And then they would upload it and it would take a full 24 hours for me to download one episode. Wow. Over torrent. Yes. You had to be very dedicated as a fan in the early 2000s. Yes. And um, more than once, my mom got tired of the bandwidth being eaten up by my computer and she would unplug it. So then I'd have to restart my download. But luckily, because it was a torrent, I just picked up where I left off and didn't have to start over from the beginning. Yep. So what was the online community like at that time period? It was really like... Because there, I mean, obviously you, you you had AOL Instant Messenger, mm-hmm. um, so you could communicate that way. Otherwise, it was a lot of like Yahoo groups and Yahoo Club kind of things. Yeah, so you might find people that are more into like one specific topic instead of all the topics. Um, I mean, cosplay.com was probably the big one that everybody's familiar with. Um or not, people might not have any idea what that is anymore. I just remember... It still exists. It still exists. So, yeah. so I look, Cosplay.com, their forums debuted, I believe, in 2002. And that was a really kind of great thing that showed up for a lot of people. Um, they were pretty popular with tutorials and, like, linking to, like, hey, I used this sewing pattern for this particular character. And then they added, like, a feature where you could upload photos and people could leave comments and, like, ratings on them. Um... So that was really nice. People were really good about sharing resources and just kind of like building each other up. And they had convention specific forums on there. But each anime convention also had like their own forum on their website. Yes. And so that was always a treat. So you'd have some people that would show up just a couple of months before the con. And then you had the regulars that were on there like year round. So that was kind of fun to see how those like relationships ebbed, flowed and evolved a little bit. But yeah. It was, so yeah, Otakon uh, still has their forums. That's adorable. No <laughs> way. Really? Yes. That's precious. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty cool. It's it's really quite a, and they look exactly the same as they would have in like the early two thousands. It's exactly the same. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> it's it's hysterical. <laughs> Because in our in our epic quest of guesting, I was looking for who you contact at Otakon, and I stumbled upon their forums, and I was like, "This can't be real." And it's not only <laughs> it is was. it real; it's current. That's amazing. It's current. Yes, oh, it's current. It like they are using it currently, and it looks exactly like I the old it. forums from like I love it. day. It's great. I was like, "Please don't change, Otakon. Never, <laughs> never <don't>. change." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That makes me really happy. I know, right? It's like, why change a good thing? It And it fits that con so well, because that con's been around forever. So it's like yeah. the nostalgia factor, you know? This reminds me how I, when I started in 08, I would find cosplayers have their own page. Yep. Which I don't think cosplayers do as much, because now they depend on social media to be their de facto page. You know? I think most they, most people, like the highest percentage of people are probably only on social media. Um, a lot of the people that are still doing um, either writing books or like doing podcasts, um, anything kind of like outside of just like normal, like casual cosplay still have their own web pages typically from what I've noticed. But yeah, the vast majority of people have Facebook and or Instagram and or TikTok and or Twitter and or 
Bureau and or all these other ones that just pop up constantly. <laughs> like there's yeah, so many there's of them. There's so many of them. So the fact that cosplay.com is back, I don't know if you guys noticed that they've kind of uh, came back on. I feel that mm-hmm. if they could have pulled together, I feel like if cosplay.com didn't kind of go away like 10 years ago, they could have built something that would just feed the spot, you know? And I feel like they have a chance now because social media is kind of so fragmented. We need something that's more yeah, just cosplay oriented, you know? Well, and I know a lot of people have tried, but nothing's really ever picked up to yeah to the level that cosplay cosplay.com was like back in its heyday um so i'd be really interested to see that well and then you also had some other socials that were cosplay related so like american cosplay paradise is still around back then it always felt like one of those like almost like elitist groups i think it was because they had a paid feature and that was just my perception as a, a wee cosplayer that might not be true whatsoever but it's um it seemed to be like more legit and fancier than cosplay.com but not as many people were on it and super active it was really <laughs> active for a while around like 2013 14 15 because that's where cons were casting oh yeah a lot of um cosplayers from for like viz media booths and like that sort of thing they were getting yes. them from ACP. Well, and originally it was just mm. ACP, which was only for girls. And then oh, later, right. they, later they added in the American cosplay experience and the cosplay snapshots for males and photographers. But originally it was only like girls and women that were allowed to have an ACP oh. account. Hmm. I forgot about that. When did, ACP, when did ACP start showing up? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the internet could tell us. The internet <laughs> yeah. can tell us. When we don't know, we can ask the internet because we I can use our Google a powers. Because a lot of that time just feels like one giant jumble to me most of the time. <laughs> I will say that one of my favorite trips down memory lane is to use like the Wayback Machine and look at old versions of websites. <laughs> yes. Yes. Two thousand. Yes. They were founded in two thousand. Wow. Oh, so they've been around for over twenty years now. Yeah, it's impressive. Yep, they've run around forever. Mm. Well, because, like, we missed a chunk of time. Like, I I graduated college and, like, went to New York and, like, kind of, like, got out of the scene for a little while, like, very casually in it, and then didn't come back to, like, 2011, 2012-ish. <laughs> so, yeah. And everything changed in between. <laughs> yeah, it was drastically different. Um, yeah, I was going pretty pretty consistently um i think like maybe like 0506 and then i took a bit of a break from that because i was larping constantly so i was still wearing costumes like all the time and spending a bunch of money on a hobby where i got to dress up and cosplay and have fun with my friends um but yeah and then i actually started working a lot of shows maybe like around 09 um i did my college internship at conventions and uh Wait, you could do that? Yes, I did. Well, mine was with a vendor, actually. So I thought it would be a really great idea for me to email a bunch of vendors and be like, hey, I would love to be your intern. Here, let's talk. And one of them like, was based out of Chicago, conveniently, and invited me up. They had like a show that weekend. They were doing a toy show just so we could like meet each other because we were going to be spending a lot of time together. And... 
we hit it off and I spent like the entire summer with this lady. It was, it was a great experience. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Cons every weekend. Um, we went on a buying trip. I got to go to Thailand and, uh, Japan while during the middle of that. So it was, it was a really unique experience. So you did that for a semester? Yep. I did it over, um, my summer semester, um, right before I graduated. So it was, it was a good time. And then occasionally whenever they'd come back around, I would just meet up with them for like a weekend and go do a show like ASEN or ACON. Oh yeah. ACON Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh wow. That's kind of far. It's a quick flight though. If you're only going by yourself and you don't have to take any costumes with you. <laughs> I mean, sure. we flew to Spain. I think I think we can handle anywhere now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I flew like from the local regional airport directly into DFW. So they just picked me up outside the terminal and then took me back on like Monday. That's not too bad. Wow. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. I I know a couple of vendors, and I'm always curious about their lives because it's such a nomadic life. It's like you spend all your weekends at a convention then you have to break everything down and truck it to back home or across the country or somewhere else set everything back up and repeat the process like are we yeah a lot of them are just on the road all the time well it's similar to people that work at like renaissance fairs like a lot of them just like live that lifestyle i, I would love to do a book about that but yeah. i don't think anybody wants to you know become a book about vendors but i mean i would but I, I don't know. That really could be an interesting story. Well, you know, it's like, you know, you. I, I mean, I see them at conventions. They're like, hey, Bob, hey, Mary, you know. And at the end, they're like, I'll see you guys at the next show, you know. Yeah. And they just kind of crisscross through America. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like so awesome. A lot I of mean, them playing, playing like their circuit out. Um, some of them will like subcontract from each other or they'll like do goods exchanges. They're like, if you're not going to be at this show. I'm going to like sell you some of my products so that you can have it and my product still gets out there and we're just going to swap. And yeah, it was, it was really neat. And the culture of it was something I was, it was a night, it was interesting to see a different side of cons. I mean, cause you know that these people exist and you know that they go to cons all the time, but you don't really think about like what their daily life is like until you experience it. Cause even doing like artist alleys, which I did for a bit, it's nothing it's nothing like doing like a full-time vending job where you're legit going to a con like 10 out of 12 weekends in a row. Cause if you're not yeah. at a con, you're not making money. Yeah, exactly. They're, the burnout rate must be huge for that. Or maybe that's why they hire so many people. And it could be, um, I, don't know. I know a lot of people, um, some of them make it a whole family affair where just, that's just the way that they live and they homeschool their kids. Um, while they're on the road and another ones will do it with their friends and, you know, go home on the weekend or take turns, like who's going to, you know, sit this particular show out. But yeah, it's, it's a commitment, but if you're, if you love the scene and you love the community and you love just going to conventions and, you know, meeting a bunch of people, like it's definitely a great, great experience to have. You know, I'm so surprised at how large conventions have gotten because when I went to MAX.08, it was, 40,000. So I thought, oh, 40,000 is huge. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. Now it's, you <laughs> oh. know, yeah. Now it's like 100 and something. And I'm like, this is getting too crazy for me. Or I'm just getting older. 
One of maybe two. both. I mean, I I have a deep fear of Anime Expo for, simply because of the size. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. That's a lot of people in one space. Yeah. I don't know. That I have the is. same thing with Dragon Con. Some of our friends have have calmed my fear of Dragon Con, but I'm like, that is a lot of people in a small yeah. space. Yeah. Dragon Con is more magical than AX. AX is just way. I mean, so with AX, there's two main spots that they can, you know, conjugate in. With Dragon Con, it's three hotels, so you're spread out That's all true. over the place. So That's true. I would rather go to Dragon Con. I mean, I have to kind of go to AX because I've been going for since 08. So oh, I'm not yeah. breaking my streak. It's tradition so, at this point. Yeah. I was, have to show up. I'm, was hmm? AX 08 your first convention then? No. Okay. So this is kind of weird. I found a badge from AX 2000. Oh. I was like, I was like, I don't remember going to 2000 at, <laughs> at all. But I have a badge. It has my name on it. I was going to so, say, does it have your name on it? It does. And then I was thinking, maybe they mailed it to me and I didn't go. But then I was like, no, the con was too small back then to be mailing out stuff. Yeah, they didn't mail badges so, back then. That was yeah, a so thing I, I must have gone, but I don't know why I would block it from my head because it's AX. Right. Like, yeah. So I'm kind of confused over that. Huh. I, I, I must have gone for a short amount of time because, you know, if I only went for like a two hours, I can understand totally forgetting about it but yeah um my first convention was a random comic book show that my dad took me to oh. and it was basically old school comic book show just rows and rows of white boxes and yeah. that was it i did go to akon so i uh, i only went for like a few hours so i don't feel like i got the full you know experience and it wasn't until ax08 that i got the full like three-day weekend or oh, i'm sorry four-day weekend experience yeah, that's right. and then i was like oh so this is why people are into conventions yeah and then and here's the sad fact i mean not sad the, the weird thing is um ax is a convention center convention so i didn't even go to a hotel convention until i went to ala which is a local anime uh, Los Angeles yeah. convention and then i was like oh my god how come i didn't do this when i was you know <laughs> younger i mean my mind was blown i was like i didn't even know this existed so i feel kind of bad that i didn't but i didn't know so well i'm, I'm catching up now so <laughs> yeah you, know. you you go to there quite go. a few conventions now oh i, I used to i'm kind of slowing or, well, down yeah we all slow down yeah. after a while we did like 13 or 14 one year and we'll never do that what? again 15 yeah no oh. it was 15 it was too yeah many. It was, it was, it was no, never again. You. <laughs> what year was that? Gosh, what year was that? Uh, it was the year that everyone wanted us to work with them. <laughs> 16 or 17, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it was either 16 or 17, somewhere in there. We judged like eight conventions that year. And I think it was, was just, it might have been seven. I think it was 17. It was wild. Wow. Yeah, we won't do that again. No, thank you. No, thank you. How how far did you travel for? Not that far. Right? I think Minnesota was the furthest. Probably, yeah. Which is like six hours. But, we haven't gotten our behinds out of the Midwest much for cons. We're trying to change that. But um, I guess, yeah, because my first, like, 
I'm going to the con on purpose outside of the Midwest with Spain. So, oh yeah. We got back together in the early, like, 2012-ish to compete again. So, like, it brought us back into this to start with. We're probably not going to let go of it anytime soon. Um, it's always interesting what brings you, like, into the convention community. Like, what drags you back in or drags you into it. Like, for us, it was like, well, we missed being on stage and having that, like, sense of community. So we came back. You know, what, what drew you in? in 20, 2009, 2010, when you started taking photos as well at con. Oh, <laughs> Anime Expo moved to downtown LA. And I okay. lived 10 minutes from downtown LA. Oh, sweet. So, <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> That's so convenient. <laughs> it really was. I was like, oh, that's AX. Oh, I remember about AX. I should just go check it out. And oh, I know they have cosplayers there. I should just bring my lights, you know? So, um, I did not expect to fall so in love with cosplay that I would spend the next 15 years, actually, the rest of my life doing this. Really, I feel really blessed that I found this community because I don't think I, I don't know what agent of the split universe, you know, dimension would be at this point. And I'm happy where I am, but I don't know how the other agents would be, you know? I'm really happy. You are an important part of this community. You've kept such an archive for all of us in in your first book and, and what you're doing. On, I mean, there's been so few photographers that have been here for that long that have like made that effort to like part of the community. It's because because you're you're documenting the community. And the only other person I can think of is Kevin Lillard that did that. I mean, and Kevin was important, like for us, us little wee children's when we'd get on fans view and and every time you post one of your interviews with that photo i can only feel that those people that you're posting about are getting that same feeling that we got when we would see ourselves on a fans view it's such a special feeling (laughs) how was that experience like to be on fans view at a time period because there was not that i mean there weren't like social media there weren't like tons of pictures of cosplayers and I, I understood he posted pretty quickly. Oh, yes. Too. yes. Like during yes. the con. You would yeah. sit there when you got home with your terrible internet and you would wait for a fan view to upload and you'd be really excited because like we were always in the contest. So we typically popped up on a fan's view at some point mm-hmm. in Anne America once. I think we were in Anne America once or I was. You were. Yeah. I was for Lotus War, I think. I have it somewhere. Because I, I have that, and I'm in the back of a manga. <laughs> what? I am. Yep. There is a photo of me and my friend as Chi and Freya from Chobits in the back of of a manga that has nothing to do with Chobits or Clamp. Like it was it. like a photo uh-huh. contest, and we submitted our... And you had to mail the photos in. Like, mail the photos. Like, I still have the book. Like, I have it downstairs in, in my library of us in the back of this manga. <laughs> Do you guys have Kevin's book? I don't. Do you? No, I do not. Uh, okay. I'm kind of curious to see. Uh, I've seen pictures of it, but I've never really like seen like the whole thing. I Just wish curious. I had Kevin's book. That would be cool. Yeah, Kevin is... I I met him... Actually, first time I met him was at Yomacon, uh 2010 or 11. I was cosplaying. That was one of the few times I actually cosplayed outside of California because... 
I usually don't carry costumes with me when I travel. Mm-hmm. And I saw Kevin. And I was like, oh, that's Kevin. I mean, I knew who he was, even though I never met him before or, you know. And then 10 years later, I ran to him at Anime Milwaukee. Like, I guess it was last, I think it was last year. And I was like, it's Kevin. And of course, he didn't recognize me at all, which I didn't expect him to recognize me. But I kept like hanging around him. And I'm sure he was trying to figure out why is this guy hanging around me? <laughs> you know, so, but I really wanted to interview him. And, uh, but I didn't know how to, you know, say it. If though yes. I know he's a sweet guy and everything. That, yeah. that was our response when we ran into him randomly at a convention in Wisconsin. We were like, yeah, it's Kevin. We're like, oh my God, it's Kevin. We and asked he's him like, for a selfie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, can I take a with selfie you? with you? We hadn't even got our badges <laughs> yet. Like we're the only people in like the, the will call line. Um, just randomly like went to go get our badges and he like came in the room like right after us and I'm like oh my god it's Kevin and yes and then we asked for a selfie and then he took a picture with us and then he took a picture of us and it was and then he posted it on the internet and we're like aww yeah. it's like yes we have social media but there's like a difference between just everyone's random like Instagrams and things and then the people that actually make like the effort to show the community as a whole. There's a couple of photographers I follow that do a lot of like behind the scenes kind of things and candid photos and stuff that kind of show you like what the community looks like because there's so much posing now with social media. There's so much like it's very catered. Like, yeah. These, the, the silly photos that we looked at earlier in this recording don't happen as frequently anymore. It's changed a lot. Um, I, I feel like social media, I mean, there's good things about it and there's bad things about it. But I feel that so when you're young, you should be free to make mistakes without it kind of following you for the rest of your life. And so when you guys were around, I assume it was like very kind of free. Like you didn't think about the implications of it. But now I feel like they have to think about this because, you know, out there is a the future president. and there's going to be pictures online yeah. of him since I, I just feel that they're missing something that there before because they weren't allowed to kind of meet them, find themselves in a way because, you know, when we were young, I mean, I went through different versions of myself because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing or anything. And there's versions of myself that I don't like that I've tried, you know, that I did. And if there was social media at that time period. It probably would follow me around. Well, it probably wouldn't because I'm not really anybody, but, you know, for a politician, it'd probably not be a good right. idea. Right. You know? Yeah. The the kids these days, I don't envy them. I'm glad we did not have social media when I was a teenager. I can't even imagine. Like, well, even like some of the yeah. stuff that I posted, um, like when I first got Facebook, like back in 2009 or whatever it was, it was shortly. I got really excited because I finally went to a university that was part of like the Facebook system and I had an email address that you could use with the college thing because my colleges before that were not available to be on Facebook. They weren't cool enough to be on there. So when I transferred, <laughs> my new college was and then they made it open to the public and I was like, ah, what? <laughs> like I've waited this long to be in the cool kids club. Uh, but some of the stuff that posts up on my memories from way back then, I look at it, I'm like, ooh, cringe, gross. <laughs> like, no, yeah. thank you. I, I definitely see what you're meaning about, like, that freedom almost where you just don't have to think about it. And, yeah, I think a lot of people are missing out on just that, like, spontaneity 
that you're allowed to have and discovering your identity, you know, within the community yeah. without feeling constantly judged for every little thing that you do or say or post. It's definitely a different world now compared to what it was then. Yeah, it seems interesting with social media, like TikTok and everything. They're they're almost like performing uh, for the camera. In a oh, way. yeah. And it seems kind of like I, I guess uh, my generation, you didn't really. Hmm, how do I say this? I think I had basically, like I said before, like I had the space to kind of do stupid things without any real any kind of kind of trails. So I will admit, like I've actually found my post online from 25 years ago, that I'm like, oh wow, what what? How did I talk like that? And why <laughs> nope. did I say stuff like that? And it's kind of cringeworthy, even though it's text. It was mm-hmm. the news groups, and um. I was like, okay, I'm telling my, you know, nine-year-old niece, see, this thing can follow you forever. Yeah, it's forever. <laughs> well, if you know where to look, I mean, you have to go yeah. dig around for that. But yeah, and I wish we had our Yahoo group still. Goodness, I think they took them down, unfortunately. <laughs> they did. But yeah, you you kind of wonder how many how many people that you see on the internet and like how much of it is really like who they are on like a daily basis and how much of it is this like almost persona that they've created to be on the internet with. Yeah. I feel like stories on this Instagram shows more of a, who they are in a way. And Instagram's become kind of like, I don't know, you just flip through it and just look at pretty pictures. Yeah. Though I do miss the old Instagram where it was basically in order and there was no filter, no nothing. It was very stripped down. Now I feel that Instagram's very kind of like, a Frankenstein of TikTok and a bunch of other different social medias put together. Yeah. I sometimes can't tell which one I'm on if I'm on Instagram or TikTok because of all the reels. Like, I'm not always sure. I'm yeah. like, wait, which app did I open? I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, I'm on Instagram, but it keeps shoving reels in my face. So that's what's happening. I mean, this whole like, ugh, ugh. Social media is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Just, it changed it everything. It just, it changed everything with how we did all of our stuff. How did, did it make any big changes for cosplay in America as you kind of evolved with it? So I think I came in at the right time, right place, because I feel around 2012 was when social media really started hitting their stride. And um, I kind of rode the wave with it because... I didn't expect to get so many followers or anything at, at all. And it just kind of exploded over a course of a few years. And um, I learned really fast that people have expectations of you that may not necessarily be true or anything, but, you know, they think of these certain things. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, hmm, you know, it was, I was kind of cautious about it. I mean, the, I think the reason why I, I became so, uh, identifiable was because I would keep showing up at conventions to sell books. But the only reason I did that was because I owe a lot of money to on these credit cards. Yeah. So I had to keep going to conventions to sell these books. So it was kind of like it worked out because people knew who I was and then I could sell books. Uh, by the way, it took three years to pay off that credit, those two credit cards. Whew. So yeah, it was a big, big chunk of change. Probably it was definitely an experience. The only thing I wish was I enjoyed it more because I was so stressed out. And I mean, yep. you guys did so many conventions. You you know the feeling that you get when you're like, wait, which convention am I at? What's going on? <laughs> you know? 
What day is this? It's changed a lot. I don't think I would be here without social media, honestly. Back when you started, what was it that you missed from the early days that when you came back in, you didn't see anymore? Mm. Or was there something lacking? It was a lot more competitive when we came back in, in general. Yes. Um, Even just like in the hallway. Yeah, like not, not like contest aside, there's just a lot more internal competition. Um, by then, the beginning waves of cosplay as career had started. Um, and mm -hmm. so people started to become less friendly and more like viewing you as competition. And as someone who comes from the entertainment business, like that's what it started to feel like more for me. I literally had just moved back from like New York and then Chicago um, when we started doing this. I'm like, this feels a lot like the business <laughs> right now and not what I remember from before. And it's funny because there's like this middle ground nowadays, but then as you move like, and you find the other people from like our time period, like that started forever ago, they start to have the old attitude. So like, even if they are professional cosplayers and like they do this, they still have like the old attitude of like, well, we can be friends. We're not like competition for each other. It's really interesting. Which yeah, is kind of what we experienced when we went to like internationals and stuff too. It's like you kind of like, it's almost like you got to get through the sea of people that feel like it's a competition to find the people that like aren't trying to compete with you nowadays. It's really, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it well. That was one of the things that that I really liked. Like the longer that we kept doing this and the the more people that we kept meeting and the more quote unquote like successful, I guess you would say. Um, I mean, we never have aspirations to be like cosplay as a career or anything like that like we always say like this is not my full-time job but I've kind of noticed that as we've gone and interacted with, with other people that do this a lot and other professionals kind of in, in the industry the people that are around now that are like at that tier are you know that very kind like open community feeling um, type of approachable person um, whereas yeah like right below that though is all the kind of like cutthroat like dog eat dog world like you know it's we can't both be successful it's you or me like if you're successful then I can't be um and a lot of pettiness is just kind of there like in the middle and I think the reason why there's so few people above that are because they get tired of it and they get burnout from that like negative community that's in that like like semi-pro low-level masters competition scene and they're like yeah I don't need this kind of negativity in my life I'm going to go do something else um, but the people that stick with it then you know evolve and blossom into something completely different have this kind of laissez-faire attitude about it where they're like well this is what I love and I'm going to do it and I don't care what you think about it um, we can be friends I mean I guess when you stop being Betty Bitterflakes over here yeah it's been really interesting to observe the last decade how cosplay entrepreneurship has kind of taken hold Sometimes people have this thing that's like, well, if I'm spending all this time and energy on this thing. I should make it my side hustle. And that <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. Yeah. You know, um, I've went through that kind of cycle myself. I thought to myself, well, I'm spending all this money doing Cosplay America. I should, you know, make a living or something out of it. But the more I tried to do something, the more I didn't like what I was doing. Cosplay has always been kind of like a escape for me from, you know, my other, my life. So I kind of turned it the other way and just, kept it more like a hobby. 
in yeah. a way. So well, I don't have to a, really stress about it. I'm sorry. That's the problem with monetizing anything, though, is once you make it about the money and not about what your your hobby or whatever, you know, this thing that you found joy in where you're like, man, it'd be great if I could you know do this for my day job. Once you make it about the money, it's not about you and your interests and your likes anymore. It's about what your customers potentially want. It's about what the people want, um, what you have to do or what you have to sell or what you have to say in order to get more people to like you, more people to follow you, interact with your posts, more people to purchase your product or services, and not necessarily what you wanted to originally get out of you know, cosplay or photography or whatever it might happen to be at that point in time. That's true. The other thing I've noticed is a lot of businesses have started to show up. Uh, like, uh, for example, in Denver, there's a cosplay photo studio mm -hmm. that is looks really great. And um, I'm, I, I feel like this generation is growing up. They, okay, so they grew up with anime and cosplay. It's it's a part of their being in a way. So I guess in my generation, it'll be more like, well, you got to put the toys away because you're an adult now and yada, yada, yada. But this generation, they, they're sticking around with it. And so they're using that to kind of open things like, like that or... I mean, see what else there is. Uh, cosplay photos, cosplay photo studios, maker spaces. So that, that's kind of tough. I've seen a few um, maid cafes open up, but those are really tough. In fact, there was one in Detroit that opened up like eight years ago. It can be kind of a tough thing to do. Well, and the problem with that in general, though, is like even if a lot of people are, you know, kind of used to it, especially like in our community, you know, if you're going to open up something like like a maid cafe, for example, there's a very specific kind of clientele that are going to go to a cafe that's themed in that particular fashion um, for better or worse. You know, there's going to be very specific personality types or very specific clientele um, customers that you're going to get there. So there might not be a ton of people that want to participate in a made cafe. The nice thing about like the cosplay photo studios, though, is a lot of cities also have like selfie studios, mm -hmm. um, which kind of works mm -hmm. the same way where you can go in with your friends or your family and, you know, get a tripod and a clicker and go around with your ring light and just take a bunch of photos in front of all these backdrops and just have a good time. And people will book them for parties, birthday parties, like anniversaries and bachelorette you know, showers and all that kind of fun stuff, or just because they want to go take some fun photos in front of the different you know, backdrops and just make a day out of it. It's kind of like a photo booth. You know, you have the old photo booths at the mall and you go and you pick in your background and then you pick out your overlay and then you make your silly faces and then it prints out this, you know, little strip for you, but it's all digital. It's kind of a similar concept. So something like that, there's a lot more, you know, potential customers for you to potentially have yeah. on that. Um, maker spaces are kind of hit or miss for the simple fact that you have to have a maker who isn't willing to necessarily go and just purchase the product themselves because a lot of this technology that you find in maker spaces has been habitually getting you know less expensive you don't have to buy a top of the line model to do 3d printing or engraving or embroidery or any of those types of things they're beginner budget level things um, machines and about every hobby that you're going to look at when it comes to making anything so it's still a good resource for meeting people, but then also on the internet, you've got things like YouTube and Instructables and some of these other places that have videos and tutorials, um, either written or in video format, where you can just 
learn everything that you need to know about how to use your particular machine. Communities on social media that say, hey, you know, if this doesn't work, try this. So you don't have to go somewhere in person to be able to borrow somebody's machine. I do think that we're going to start seeing, like, in the future, a lot more cosplay-centric businesses out there, um, whether they be online or in person. I know in-person ones have struggled a little bit. I've seen a lot of cosplay stores attempt to open in person and not make it, but online they do okay, because it's just starting to be a little bit more normalized. I've also just noticed in general, like, lots of photo studios in general. Photo studios with sets, like we have one locally to me, that's where I do my photos with their house photographer. But we have in my little area, like four other ones. We have, we are oversaturated in my little area of Iowa with professional photographers. We have like four studios and we did have like two selfie studios, but they closed. Yeah, we used to have a selfie studio here in Austin, but they closed. Uh, But again, it was during a pandemic. I just don't think it was a tough time. Well, and that, I think, is what made a lot of the massive changes that happened recently with, like, there being that big jump to so many professional cosplayers is, like, however the pandemic treated you is what you like. Like, if you got laid off and decided, well, I don't have a job, I can't find one, I'm going to see if I can make cosplay my job. It gave a lot of people that opportunity where they wouldn't have had that time to be able to make that happen. Because, like, I feel like the jump between 2020 and now feels almost as big as the jump that I took from 2006 to, like, 2010, 11, 12. It just feels like it changed drastically in that time period. I've been to conventions for in the past few years, but I've, I find myself um, kind of moving away from large crowds. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I think I'm still processing this. And there's always new people coming to the scene. So that's always a given. They're just going through a different time period than the other ones, us who've been around for a while. They will manage their way through. But those who went through it like this, I feel changed by this. I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody. You know, I start reevaluating everything from the last few years. The Cosplay America thing started more towards like documenting more, going deeper into the past, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I start to start thinking that a lot of people. Okay, with you know, with Kevin, there's a few other people I know who who didn't make it through the period. I just feel it's important to try to get stories down and kind of preserve them. I'm still trying to figure out what Cosplay America is, which is kind of funny because it seems to change all the time. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I've, I've kind of like, it's ever changing, ever growing in a way. Like I said, you have to get me on a show in 10 years and I can tell you exactly what happened since then because... I don't even know. We'll just bring you back. I mean, it makes sense because cosplay is ever-changing. So cosplay in America would have to ever-change, right? I think we all are changing. And so, you know, we all learn and we all do stuff that we don't do. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you guys still con crunch? (laughs) (laughs) Not as bad as we used to. Okay, okay. We're getting better. We're going to be making some... (laughs) rules and boundaries for our styles coming <laughs> in this following year <laughs> to try to prevent con crunching because we don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> um, but we also um, have a really hard time getting costumes done if we don't have like a deadline pushing no, I, us I, to finish them. I, I totally understand. <laughs> so, 
so we're gonna find our happy our happy medium, medium happy medium in our yeah. con crunching because i don't want to revisit our old con crunching ways of pre-pandemic because they were really really bad um, <laughs> we don't want to do that anymore that is that is a change that we want to make <laughs> 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 don't want to do that anymore <laughs> nope nope no nope, but you nope. don't keep doing it I mean, it'll always probably happen a little bit, but I figure, like, our goal is to at some point actually have the costume completely done and then decide where it's going, rather than the other way around. Right. (laughs) We're like, we're going to this con, but we haven't started this costume yet, but we're taking it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so how do, so when you guys approach cosplay, how did you approach it when you started? How do you approach it now? I think the big difference is that now we like compete in craftsmanship and when we were kids you just made stuff there was no expectation of it when we were kids in the early 2000s and now there's like expectation of quality and then if we're competing with it there's another level of expectation and it's like well this is the craftsmanship level we're at so that our costumes that we're wearing need to reflect that level and there's just a lot more nuances that go into it you probably saw some of those differences between some of the people you revisited um, in your new project from like 09 to like 2018, 2019 um, in like the differences in what they're making then versus now. The expectations have changed a lot, I think. I was just going to agree. I mean, you know, back when we first started, we were just teens. You thought it'd be fun to dress up in costumes of our favorite characters and, you know, Joanne fabrics and bought their terrible satin or terrible broadcloth that was paper thin to try to get the colors accurate at least and put on put our costumes together and threw them together and you know had fun with our friends and then now it's just it's so the the community and just you know cosplay in general is so different like you can I can order a costume off of Amazon and have it shipped to my house within two days um we've done that yes I mean (laughs) it's it's so convenient (laughs) yeah it's just completely different. And like Elsa, like, like somebody that still actively competes, I have a really hard time making something not at like a minimum quality level. Like I don't know how to not like finish a seam. I can't remember the last time I just sewed something together and didn't bare minimum surge it, but probably also either like roll it or you know put French seams or flat fell seams in it just so that it's, you know, as beautiful on the inside as on the outside and that the quality is better. Like I don't know how to not do that because I've been doing it for so long. It's just, so even making a very simple costume is just, it's a whole ordeal by comparison to what it would have been back in the day where I could throw something together like the night before the con and just go, you know, run around the weekend and have fun. I I could not, no, I could not do what I used to do. (laughs) We just glued stuff together and like wore it, you know? Oh yeah, hot glue, duct tape. Oh God, no. pins. No. Okay, it. so have you ever thought about remaking like some of your earlier costumes that you made? Have done it, actually, yes. It's it's funny you say that because I'm doing that right now. <laughs> I made Hinoto from X back in like 2003-ish, and I'm remaking her right now. It will be very fun to put those side by side, almost like a 20-year gap, and see the difference between the costumes. My 40 yards of fabric that are sitting in my, you know, sewing space right now for her. 
Yes, yeah, because that was one of my, like, I want to revisit this and see the difference. Like, it was just one of those things where I'm like, this would just be really interesting to do. Um, Like, mm-hmm. if I take this costume that I made, you know, 20 years ago and try to make it now and then just see the massive difference. I just was like, this just sounds really interesting. I'm I'm guessing some of that interest is why you eventually revisited your f- first book and then did you know, updated photos. It's like, it's almost like a science experiment. It's like, what am I going to find? What's, what, what do, what's it going to look like now? <laughs> so I was actually influenced by a, a German do- documentary that actually visited a group of people every seven years. Oh. Uh, it's called Seven Up, and they followed them from seven to 14, uh, up to 50. What, I'm not even sure where they stopped. But um, I like the fact about visiting people again and I kind of want to do it again, but I don't know how many people from, you know, 2018 will still be. I'm sure some will still be cosplaying in 2028, 20, but mm-hmm. I just thought it'd be interesting to see how their lives change. And their lives have changed. Um, a lot of them got married. Some of them have kids. Some of them I photographed when they were kids. They're now teenagers. I, I just feel like I'm documenting time, a place. In a weird way, it's kind of like my books will reflect what Cosway was at that time period because I haven't really been taking pictures for the past few years. Um, and I don't, I feel it's up to this generation to kind of take it on and go with it. I'm kind of tired out and I'm also trying card out. So, <laughs> try card out. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, well you. You have a, a new plan for your new book, though, correct? Where you won't get credit carded out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Kickstarter, but I also realized that if you deal with the Chinese printers directly, then mm. you will save more money because I was going through a middleman and they were marking up almost 100%. And I was like, oh, I could save half the amount if I went through. So it's actually much lower than... Mm. My first book. So there will be yeah. a Kickstarter so you can support Cosplay in America's second book here. We will have the link. We'll put it in the show notes. So by the time this comes out, I'm sure your Kickstarter link will exist. So we'll stick it in there for you. So we'll can oh, send everybody you. your way. Um, thank you guys so much. Of course. Appreciate it. We, we think what you do is important for our community, which is why we wanted to have you on here because we could literally talk to you forever i feel like uh, (laughs) about everything there's just been there's so so much much, so much time has passed in in the cosplay world and the community and having people who archive it in such a it's just it's such a true way like a very natural way is really important so thanks for hanging in there with all of us and continuing your work well, and you're you're creating a website collection too, correct? That goes way, way back, <laughs> way, way back machine. <laughs> it's it's um I'm putting all my images from the twenty. I think I I visited about twenty cities for the, the various books. So I'm actually trying to put everything online along with stories, and I'm actually trying to reach back out to cosplayers from five, seven, eight years ago and see if they're still cosplaying into the talk about what it was like at that time period. I think I'm probably going to spend the rest of my life just working on this. You'll be the ultimate cosplay historian by the end of it. <laughs> I, f- I feel like somebody has that name. Cosplay Maybe. Cosplay historian. No, no. Maybe someone does. Hmm, I'll have to look it up. 
you can have more than one cosplay historian. I, I feel like it <laughs> takes a village to catalog the wide world of cosplay. You know, when you have different historians true. for different eras. Yeah, you got to have like different historians specialize in dis- different eras. So, you know, thank you uh, so much for coming on with us today. We really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. like I said, we could we could it's go been on a joy. about oh, thank you guys so all much. the things cosplay. But thank you for joining us. Where can our listeners find your work? They can just Google Cosplay America and I pretty all much right. pop up. So you use your Google powers. We'll put links in the show notes, but you all can use your Google powers and then you can find all the cool things. Lots of fun things on the website as well as on Cosplay in America on Instagram to check out. Um, I really love the the interviews you've been putting on Instagram. Those have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm working on some right now. I'm trying to really find cosplayers from the 80s. Oh. 90s. This one's a little bit harder. Yeah, that is yeah. harder. It's a uh, it's a different time period. I kind of want to stay within like seventies, eighties, nineties because um, I grew up as an anime kid. So I'm kind of more into anime than I am into any other genre. Just keep it within like uh, the more recent decades. I can't wait to see if you actually find anybody from like the seventies or the eighties. That's that's pretty wild. It's they have stories to tell. Like <laughs> it's just like I just have to be able to pull. You know, they convinced them to give me time to talk to them. But thank you guys so much. No, thank you. We'll just have to thank bring you. you back in 10 years from. That's right. So 20, let's make so a date. In, so. in 2028, when we're in season, like, I don't even know what that would be at this point. What, like eight, seven, eight? <laughs> we'll just bring you back. <laughs> bring me back. I'll come back. can talk about your next photo collection. For your next book in yep. 2028. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. We'll, we'll we're do gonna, that. We're going to close this out. Um, I am Ash. I'm Al. And uh, we are Lovey Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is podcast SCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun crazy con or cosplay related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us? Email us at podcast SCS at gmail.com or DM us at podcast SCS or Lavi Cosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.